Come on, Linked Up Church, you all can do better than that. Come on, let's give God the highest praise. Come on, somebody shout hallelujah in this place. Come on, let all the other names fade away. Come on, lack, depression, poverty, sickness, disease. Come on, let's let it all fade away. Because Jesus has taken his place. Now, we already know he's taken his place and he's seated at the right hand of God the Father. But he wants to take his place in your heart this morning. And it's something about when you worship and you praise God. All those other names have to bow down to the name of Jesus. Come on, and you give Jesus the right now to come into your situation. Because your wor see, worship is all about who he is. And you're saying, God, I know you've already delivered me. I know you've already provided for me. So I take this moment to just let everything that I'm dealing with right now just fade away. And Father, I choose to just let you take your place. Let Jesus take his place on your heart today. It's going to do more for you and your circumstances than any message I could ever preach. Actually, the message will only make sense after you've gotten your heart ready to receive. So I want to sing that chorus part just a little bit more, but I want to sing it where you took it. You said, now that all the other names have faded away because he's taken his place, that portion of it. Every other name's gone away. Yeah, it's gone away. Come on, that's sickness. Every other name's gone away. Come on, that's poverty. Now there's only you. Yeah, let's. Every other name's gone away. Yeah, it's gone. Because you took your name. Yeah. In me, you took your name. Yeah, that's it right there. That's it right there. demonstrate the place that he took in your heart by lifting up your hands and opening up your mouth see now it's personal between you and God whatever place that he has in your heart should naturally flow out of your mouth come on let's give him the glory right now that is due unto his name come on open up your mouth come on if he has place in your heart give him the glory right now father thank you for allowing Jesus to Take up residence in my heart, Father, as I received him as my personal Lord and Savior. That's caused every other name to bow down.
to the name of Jesus. And Jesus, I worship you, I honor you, I glorify you, I magnify you because you are great and you are greatly to be praised and worthy of our worship. And Holy Spirit, have your way in this place today. Be glorified in our hearts and in this service. And now, Father, it is absolutely less of us and more of you. We have decreased because you have increased. And Father, I declare today that my tongue is connected to my spirit and I speak as I ought to speak the oracles of God. Father, you grant me the ability to do it with simplicity. Father, my prayer is that my preaching and teaching will not be with enticing words of man's wisdom, but by demonstration of your spirit and of your power. Father, may it be clear in here today that every other name has faded away. And it's you that is left, Father. Jesus is left. And may he get all the glory for all the good that will come out of this service today. In Jesus' name. And everyone that agrees with that prayer, shout it. Come on, you can do better than that. Everyone that agrees with that prayer, shout it. Amen. Let's give our music department a big round of applause today. Excellent praise, excellent worship. I want you to find at least one person today, speak life into them, love on them today, compliment them however you're led today, but speak life into them. In Jesus' name, excellent job, excellent. Lit my candle today. Praise God. Has God been good to anyone in this building? Let me try that one more time. I said, has God been good to anyone in this building? Praise God. I know he's even been better than, than that response right there because that's all he knows how to do is be good. Even if something bad happens to us, I mean, a good God's going to bring something good out of it, right? Because that's all he knows how to do. Dude, we're going to conclude today our series uh, on Excel and the Grace of Giving. As we started, the illustration that God gave me, it just really it makes so much sense because people today, there's just so many different teachings out there. Do we tithe? Do we not tithe? Did tithing go out with the Old Testament? I mean, it's just all of this. And so in closing, I also want to remind us that God is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. He does not change. And so when you see tithing before the law was given, Abraham paying tithes into Melchizedek, that was before anything was ever written. So how many know that's something that's in the earth, right? Then we see it written in the book of Leviticus where it is now a, a ordinate. It is now a responsibility. And so tithing is given under the Levitical priesthood in the Old Testament. Jesus mentioned tithing in Matthew, or actually Matthew and Luke, Luke's gospel. In the book of Acts is where I want to be clear. The book of Acts is not an Old Testament book. It's not a New Testament book. It is a transitional book. It is a book that is preparing us uh, or really transitioning us from one dispensation to another dispensation. And in that book of Acts, you won't see the word tithe one time. And so the church is founded on generous giving, the generous giving of the people. But I mean, no, that doesn't mean it was done away with, right? Because we see it show up again in Hebrews chapter 7, which is the New Testament. And there it refers all the way back to before the Old Testament was even written. And it uses that same illustration of Abraham paying tithes into Melchizedek. And he said, here men that die, that would be me, 
receive tithes, but there he receives them, or the church is what he's referring to. And we are witnessing, which you'll see again today in our closing remarks, we are witnessing that he lives forever. And so every time we give, how many know it is a testimony that Christ is still alive and he's still meeting all of our needs, right? And so uh, we know, again, we didn't do away with it. And so the, the best illustration I have, someone have 520s or 250s? Does someone have 520s or 250s? 520s or 250s? 520s or 250s? That's why you don't leave all your money at home. So you got a revelation of it back there. He came ready. Come on down here, big fella. Come on down here. Because this is an illustration in and of itself. All right. Thank you so much. Don't walk all the way back. Just stay up here in the front. Grab a seat right there. What you got, 520s or 250s? 520s? What you doing carrying all that money, man? <laughs> Right, 520s, all right? So as you've heard me say, if you've been here over the last couple of weeks, we would play games with our kids, right? And we would hold up a bunch of singles, and then we'd hold up more money, which was one bill over in this hand. And we'd say, which one do you want? They would always choose more bills, not realizing this was more money, and we always used it as a teaching point. And so you can see with our currency over time, they found ways to be more efficient. And so they didn't get rid of the 20s, right? when they made the $100 bill. What they did was they put all of the 20s inside of the $100 bill. And so what makes the New Covenant and the New Testament better is because it's based upon better promises. So he didn't do away with the old, he just put the old in the new. And then he told us to excel beyond that. Right? And so the tithe is in there, and it's a good goal and a good target to shoot for. I mean, we should, as believers, as we mature, we should grow beyond that, especially as he's prospered us, okay? And so where's that young man that was willing to give his 520s? I want you to take this 100 back with your 520s, okay? Be blessed, okay? All right? And there's an illustration in that, right? If you're paying attention, you'll notice that that giving has gone up from $20 to $50 to $100. So each time what you've seen is increase. I guarantee you people were sitting at home ready. If he does that again this week, I have, I have 20s, 50s, I have whatever he, he throws out there, I'll be ready. Now, that's a picture of this message, folks. That's a generous giver because the generous giver has revelation not on what left. So if, you pay, if you're paying attention to what just happened here, he gave me $100. Not only did he get his $100 back, that's when you know it's God, you get another 100 on top of that. So what you've got to begin to understand is even what you give, you never lose. Oh, Jesus. And that takes revelation, folks. You will always criticize what you have no revelation about. That's a personal relationship with God. A sermon cannot change the condition of your heart. That's your prayer life and your study life that changes the condition of your heart where you get revelation from so that you can act at a higher level. So now, 
We know again in our introduction, we're called to give generously and with joy. This is a fruit of the Spirit's life within us. It is an outward manifestation of His fruit living on the inside of us that others can tangibly and visibly see. We know it really manifests itself in three ways. It's three central themes that we've been talking about. The grace of God, the more I've received, the more I want to respond. The better I realize and recognize God's been to me, the more I want to respond to that. The finished work of Christ, folks, the death, burial, and resurrection, poverty, sickness, eternal death. If he's done nothing else but saved you, how many of you know that's more than enough right there to get a response from us every time? And then the unity of the Spirit. What made the early church so powerful in the book of Acts is that they were all together and they were all on one accord. And the Scripture says the great grace came upon all of them. The great grace came upon all of them after they all gave. Right? And so we see that picture there. And how I many of God is the same? He still wants to bring grace on an entire body of people. Watch this. So the whole group gets to a place where no one is lacking nothing. I need a little better amen than that in here today. All right, all right now, we've been looking at 10 principles uh, on how to excel in this giving or this grace of giving. First one was giving as an expression of the grace of God. Again, first you have to receive it. Then your giving is your response to it. Uh, number two, giving uh, can be a charisma or a gift of the Spirit. Everyone is called to give, but some people have a special grace to do it. Is that anyone in this room? Just you're anointed to make money. I would have received that one right there. I'm talking about you don't look for it, it looks for you. Come on, somebody ought to just reach up right there and let that come down, right? In our foundation text, 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 7, Amplified Bible says, but just as you excel in everything, and Paul is saying that this church leads the way in faith, in speech, knowledge, in your genuine concern and care, and in your love for us, he encouraged them to see that they excel in this grace also, or in the grace of giving. The word excel means to exceed, to increase, to be better, to go over and above. So at some point, we've got to do better than what we've always done. Right? We've got to grow. We've got to get to the next level uh, where our giving is concerned because it's an indication that we've actually grown in God. Those two go together. The more a person grows in God, the more it will be seen in how much they help other people. All right? Number three, all quick review. The finished work of the cross should inspire our giving. Number four, give according to your ability. Of course, as a pastor, I can never tell anyone not to tithe, especially when I've been doing it for 29 straight years. But what I can tell you is start where you are and work your way, right? Something is always better than nothing. So at least have a goal, a target of something with the end result of getting to where I want to be. So give according to your ability. Uh, number five, the goal is equality. God's heart was never to burden one and to ease another group, right? The, the whole thing is that everyone do their best, and then that doing of its best will bring equality to the entire body of Christ, right? Typically, churches depend on 10% of its people to carry the other 90. That's not the way it should be. Should be 100% of the members carrying 100% of the workload. Amen. Stronger amen than that. Amen. Right? So the goal is equality. 
then number six here, all giving must be carefully supervised, right? If we're going to collect money for a purpose, then we have to be accountable for what we collected. I cannot collect it, designate it, and then tell you it's none of your business what I do with it. That was wrong yesterday, it's wrong today, and it will always be wrong. All right? And so Paul had really two main goals that he strove from. He wanted to avoid criticism. One of the greatest ways to avoid criticism is by being accountable and transparent, right? The other one was he wanted to do right before God and man. See, most pastors believe that what they're doing, God has instructed them to do, right? And and praise God for that. But it does not exclude being accountable to the people that he's called you to serve. And so Paul said, I want to be right before both God and man. And that's why I stand here before you today. And if I ever, first thing we did when we hired this this business manager, first words I said to him was, hold me accountable. If you ever see me do something wrong with these resources, these are the reasons you never have to ask me approval. You go straight to Apostle Price and you report me if you see me do something, first of all, that lacks integrity financially or immoral. And I want to go to the next step. Praise God. I want to go to the next level with that. Of course, we've had employees come and go. We've had all kinds of stuff. If anyone has ever told you that they were wrongly treated by us, listen to me. Bring them in. And let's all sit down and talk together. Don't ever just take that like that at face value. Say, I've been watching this man, and I just want to hear from him. And let's all three of us sit down and talk together. And I think what you'll find is that we've been more than fair to every employee and anyone who's ever been here. And if you're willing to bring that person in, if they say we threw them to the curb or we just got rid of them or whatever, they say that, right, and that can be verified, I will step down from this pulpit. And that's any person that you're thinking about. Anyone, past, present, or future. I want to be right before God and man. And if you don't have nothing to hide, folks, then we can all sit down and talk about it. Somebody ought to give God a real good glory. Hallelujah. Paul wanted to be right before God and man. Number eight, focus on the harvest. So many people focus on what they give. They miss out on where the focus should actually be. They can only see what left, what left their pocket, what left their checkbook instead of what's coming. And if you, if God would just open your spiritual eyes to let you see what's coming, you never hold on to what you have. Now, let's close with these two points today. Let's look at the significance of our giving. I want you to listen carefully today because this point is specific to our calling. So when you see us doing things a certain way, you'll know it's biblical, okay? Number nine, the significance of our giving. If you're following along online, live stream, within the service, Version Bible app, go to the event section, linked up church. All of this new information is right there. If you want to hear any of the messages that we've taught on this subject up to this point, just go to SoundCloud, get caught up. It'll be a real blessing to your life. Now, the significance of our giving. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 13 I'm reading out of the New King James Version. It says, while through the proof of this ministry, they glorify God for the obedience of your confession 
of the gospel of Christ. So notice, your giving will cause other people to glorify God because you actually did what you said you were going to do. Isn't that a blessing? It is your obedience of your confession to the gospel of Christ and for your liberal sharing with them and all men. This is 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 13, New King James Version. So now, there are two points I want to bring out here. Your giving symbolizes your confession to the gospel of Christ. How many of y'all say you love God? How many of y'all say you love God with all of your beings? How many of y'all say Jesus is the Lord of my life? Well, believe it or not, that can be seen in your giving. I heard three amens on that. How many of y'all love Jesus? How many of y'all, he's the Lord of your life? That actually can be seen in your giving. You remember what Jesus said? He said, no man can serve two masters. So then there are two controlling forces or two gods in the earth, God and money. He said, you either love the one and hate the other, or you'll cling to the one and despise the other. But you cannot serve. He didn't say you can't have, because you can have God and money. But he said you can't serve them both. Jesus said in another place, right? Wherever your treasure is, see, so we can say something with our mouth, but our heart can be far from that. Come on, I'm preaching better than you all saying amen. He said, wherever your treasure is. He he didn't say where your heart is is where your mouth is. He didn't say where your mouth is is where your heart is. He said where your treasure is. That's where your heart's at. Good, isn't it? All right. So your giving symbolizes your confession to the gospel of Christ. It is the one thing that really shows whether or not you really believe this gospel. It's the one thing that demonstrates whether you really believe Jesus Christ is the Lord of your life and he can meet every need that you have and he has met every need that you have. He can get you debt free. He can bless your business. Come on, somebody. He can get you a job. He can get you a promotion on your job. It is the one area that demonstrates what you really believe. Number two, Paul was attempting to promote solidarity between Jews and Gentiles in the body of Christ. Most scholars, most commentaries call this the great mystery of the gospel. Go with me to Ephesians chapter 3, and let's look at that a little bit. This was the great mystery of the gospel, and that mystery, I'll kind of give you some insight. It was really Jews and Gentiles. It was un believable that they could both be heirs of the same promise. Of course, the Jews could not believe that anyone else could be an heir of the same promises that were left for them. And it was really a great mystery of the gospel. And Paul knew that that's why God called him. And that was the message that he was supposed to preach. Let's look at this. Ephesians chapter 3. Let's begin at verse 1. A lot of uh, commentaries again call this the great mystery. And this scripture, this text bears that out. It says, for this reason, I, Paul, the prisoner of Christ Jesus for you Gentiles. Gentiles simply means without 
Christ, which we all were. And I don't know about you folks. We might not have been the chosen ones, but I'm so glad we were engrafted in. Come on, anybody else out here glad to be engrafted in and get all the same rights and privileges? And that was the great mystery, right? Let's keep reading. If indeed you have heard of the dispensation or the stewardship of the grace of God, which was given to me for you. Paul said this grace is a stewardship that God put on me for you Gentiles. How that by revelation he made known to me the mystery, see, for me the mystery, I have briefly written already, by which when you read, you may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ. Verse 5, which in other ages was not made known to the sons of men, as it is now been revealed by the Spirit to his holy apostles and prophets, that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs of the same body and partakers of his promise in Christ through the gospel, of which I become a minister according to the gift of the grace of God given to me by the effective working of his power to me who am less than the least of all of the saints, this grace was given, that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ and to make all see what is the fellowship of this mystery which from the beginning of ages has been hidden in God who created all things through Christ Jesus. Then he elaborates on this a little bit more. Go with me to Romans chapter 15. In Romans chapter 15, he's actually going to use everything that we've been ministering on in 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and 9 as an example of how this works for uh, folks, which is also very specific to our calling. God is making this more and more clear to me as I continue to study. Look at Romans chapter 15. Paul is going to elaborate on this a little bit more. and He's going to refer back to chapter, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and 9 in this dissertation right here. Romans chapter 15 verse 25 says, but now I am going to Jerusalem to minister to the saints. And he's going to Jerusalem with the gifts that he's received to be a blessing to those poor saints. He says, for it pleased those from Macedonia, which we've been talking about, and Achaia to make a certain contribution for the poor among the saints who are in Jerusalem. Watch this now. And it pleased them indeed. And they are their debtors. For if the Gentiles have been partakers of their spiritual things, then their duty is also to minister to them in material things. Therefore, when I have performed this and have sealed to them this fruit, which was the gift he was taking, then I will go by my way of you to Spain. So you notice two times here, Paul said it pleased the Gentile churches of Greece to be a blessing to the poor saints at Jerusalem. Now, I want to paint a picture of this for you here, folks. A lot of times, we want to pray for people to help them. I'm praying for you. And praise God for prayers. How many know when you're really trying to win people, especially when they don't look like you? See, these are two different races, two different ethnos. Prayers are a good starting point. But at some point, we're going to have to do something about their condition. 
Let me give you an example of this. You'll notice here Paul repeated this, this saying here. He said, it pleased them to make the contribution. They were pleased to do it. What he's saying here is that the Gentiles have shared in the Jews' spiritual blessing. We know the ultimate culmination of that was the coming of the Messiah. Now, how many know since we weren't his chosen, how many know that should make us even more grateful? Come on, I need a little bit better amen than that. And so what Paul is trying to get the Gentiles to understand is since you've been allowed to partake in their spiritual blessings, it's just a light thing for you to give your material blessings to help them. You see the equality again? So now let me show you what this looks like at Linked Up Church. We're called to minister to all ethnos. The Great Commission said, go into all the world and make disciples of all what? Ethnos, nations. That's all people. One of the best ways to do it, folks, if we're going to reach Hispanics, then how many of you know we need to help them? Soon as we get to Powder Springs, we need to figure out what the needs are. And we need to offer English as a second language for free. Right after they learn how to speak the language, we need to send them to job link for free. Then entrepreneurial boot camp, right? And then when they go out and start a business, we support them. And we must do that for every other ethnos that does not look like us. easy to talk about it. Believe it or not, it's easy to pray about it. But it takes work to be about it. I'm ready. Anybody else ready in here? So you got to understand, there are poor Caucasians. There are poor Hispanics. There are poor African Americans. They all need help. Now you understand why God has blessed us the way he has, which you'll see that today. is not for us to say, come look at my new building. It's for us to help as many people that we can with that new building. Do I have anybody in here ready to help some other people? Right? We've got to get to a place where it starts with prayer. Then we've got to reach in our pockets. Right? You can't charge people for something that they can't afford to pay. You got to help them first. So you see what Paul was doing here? So to bring two ethnos together, he used the ones that had. Right? Because at the end of the day, when you need help, you don't care what the other person looks like. If you understand the Bible, folks, Jews and Gentiles did not coexist. Matter of fact, Jews looked down at Gentiles and considered them dogs and the scum of the earth. But it's something about when a dog and a scum has something that you don't have. And you need help that it opens your heart wide open. So you see how he brought two ethnos together in Christ? He didn't do it by just praying. 
He did it by meeting the needs of one through the ones who had it. Folks, we're blessed at Linked Up Church. Every person in here is debt free. I prophesied that over everyone in this room. Some received that, some. I said, every person in this room owes no man nothing but to love him. You will have more than what you need to not just meet your needs, but every time we have an opportunity to be a blessing to someone else, you'll be the first one to step up and help them out. Glory to God. Number 10, our giving causes thanksgiving to God. Let's start at verse 11. Our giving causes thanksgiving to God. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 11, New King James Version says, while you are enriched, or the uh, literal translation there means made rich in everything, then he tells you why. For all liberality. So when God makes you rich, in every area of your life, and you've been enriched in every area of your life, he does it for the purpose of you being liberal because he's been liberal to you. So he says, while you were enriched in everything, then he told you why. For all liberality, which causes thanksgiving through us to God. So notice, everyone who receives of that liberality is going to give thanksgiving to God. For the administration of this service not only supplies the needs of the saints, but also is abounding through many thanksgivings to God. So every person that's receiving and on the receiving end of that is giving God all the glory for that. All right, let me show you what that looks like. If someone in here, you just single mother in here, you need some groceries. Single mother in here, you need some groceries. Bring me $100 right there. We came ready to be a blessing today. Came ready. All right? That's $100 right there in Visa gift cards. Okay? Go get some groceries for you and your family. You ought to thank God for that right there. You ought to show no shame, too. You ought to just lift your hands, open up your mouth. I wouldn't care who's sitting next to me. I wouldn't care who's on that side. I'd just open up my mouth and just say, glory! See, it naturally causes thanksgiving from the recipient back towards God. Let's keep reading here. One of these days, I'll be up here doing houses like this. And I can't wait to say it. The curtain, move that bus. And all I want to see is a person fall out. That's all I want to see. That's all I want to see is they just hit the ground and fall out. But then walk into that house. Folks, listen, we're going to buy up all the dilapidated properties. Fix them up. Then put our members in them who have needs. CNN will have to come. Fox News will have to come. See, because we're a church that's not chasing stuff. We're chasing people to help with the stuff that God has blessed us with. 
You all want to read a little bit more of this? Verse 13, while through the proof of this ministry, they glorify God for the obedience of your confession to the gospel of Christ and for your liberal sharing with them and all men and by their prayer for you who long for you because of the exceeding grace of God in you. It says, thanks be to God for this, for his indescribable gift. You ever been blessed so good that you don't even have words to describe what it is that God just did for you? Come on, am I the only one in here that's ever, I'm talking about, has God ever blessed you so much that you couldn't even come up with the words to describe what just happened to you? And folks, what you'll learn is the more you make that happen for other people, the more God's going to send people in your life to make that happen for you. Is there a person in here that just needs to buy their kids some shoes? Just one, come on up here. You want to buy your kids some shoes? Let me get one of those. Come on up here. Go buy your kids some shoes. Get them some gym shoes for the summer. Go get them some gym shoes. Come on, somebody ought to give God glory for that in this place. Go get them some gym shoes, okay? All right, you're welcome. Right there for a moment. Can you just, right there, right there. Put a praise right there. Come on, somebody ought to rejoice with her. Come on. Anybody else in here just needs some shoes? You just need some gym shoes for the summer that you can't afford. Come on, get you some shoes, man. Come on, get off that camera, man. It ain't going nowhere. Go, go get you some fresh kicks for the summer, man. Uh, come on. Dream Team has its has privileges, man. All right, go get you some, man. Do, do me a favor. Would you just give God all the glory for that? Come on, folks. We've got to be a generous church. A liberal church. Come on, we've got to care about more than ourselves. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, maybe they'll be at the next service. But we've got a car to give away, too. I've already saw that person. I don't see him in this service. That's the benefit of coming to the building. I said, that's the benefit. We can't give that online. We can't just shoot a car through the screen. Come on, somebody, and you're right there in Marietta, Smyrna, Powder Springs. That's the benefit. Now, I've already seen that person. But if I don't see him at either service, then I might have to see somebody else. And, folks, this is going to happen time and time again. Folks going to drop cars off at the church. Say, anybody need a car? Folks going to drop all kind of stuff. When we get that warehouse, we will not have a big enough warehouse to keep all the stuff that's going to be in there. So you all would have saw that. Maybe they'll be at the next service. Maybe they're watching right now. 
I saw you, but I'm not telling you. I saw you, and I know what your need is. And what you got to understand, I know it's God meeting your need, because before you reached out, somebody else had already reached out. So I put the two together and knew that God had spoke to this person to be a blessing to you because it all lined up. That's why you got to be in the building. Online is for people in Peru. I'm talking about people who really can't get to the building. Because there's going to be a lot happening in the building that you'll never get online. Come on, somebody give God glory in this place today. Come on, you can do better than that. Somebody give God glory in this place today. So four times you'll see here in verse 11, the ultimate result of all giving should increase thanksgiving and praise to God. Should never increase thanksgiving and praise to the person who gave it. Hello, somebody. It should increase thanksgiving and praise to God. Somebody ought to give God some thanksgiving and praise in this place. You'll notice four different areas. Verse 11, he says, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. In verse 12, he says, this service that, for, that you perform is overflowing or abounding in many expressions of thanks to God. Verse 13, men will praise God for the obedience that accompanies your confession of the gospel of Christ and for your generosity. Listen, folks, people are going to praise God all over the world. We're going to make Jesus famous because we help so many people. Gone are the, are the days where the church is up talking about help me, help me, help me. God didn't raise up the church to drain the people. He raised up the church to help the people. Come on, I thought I'd get a little better amen than that in this place today. Last one, and then we'll close. Verse 15 says, thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. I prophesy that there's a blessing coming to somebody's house in this room. That when it hits your house, you will not have words to describe how good God has been to you in that situation. Come on, and if that's for you today and you receive it, why don't you put a down payment on it by giving God thanksgiving and praise? Come on, God, uh, listen to me. God has never let one word that came out of my mouth fall to the ground. I still haven't seen it yet to this day. And I'm telling you, there, there's something coming to somebody's house in this room right now, physically present in this room, that when it hits your house, you won't even have words to describe how good God has been to you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So it's truly amazing to know how much is involved every time we give money. It's amazing. We've learned that the grace of God is involved. The finished work of Christ and the unity of the spirit are all key factors. 
I'm still looking for that person. I saw. Maybe they'll be at the next service. You all will hear about it. Hallelujah. And we'll go from cars to houses. Full furniture for all for the whole house. Hallelujah. English as a second language for free. Every person in Cobb County, Potter Springs, as we have room for. Hallelujah. We're a giving church. We're a generous church. No stingy members at Linked Up Church. What an awesome privilege we have in helping others all around the world, folks. See, we might not be able to go all around the world. How many of we can send something all around the world? We'll call so many people to give thanks and glory to God. God receiving the glory should be the highest goal for all of our giving. Never make it about you. Always make it about God. How many of y'all are committed to excelling in the grace of giving? Did you all get anything out of this series? Praise God. Let's all stay in your seat. Let's just lift our hands. Open up your mouth. and Just go ahead and give God glory right where you're, you're at right now. I want you to let the Holy Spirit look deep into your heart right now. Let him, let him examine your heart right now. And I want you to measure your love for God and see how it's reflected in your giving. Because that's important. You can't get away from that. Can't say, I can't, there's no way I can tell my wife I love her and I never do anything for her. It is reflected right there. You want to know the condition of your heart? Just look at how you give. Hallelujah. So, Holy Spirit, while you're examining hearts, you're growing people up, you're not condemning anyone in this room. You're building them up and encouraging them. And the Holy Spirit is not asking you to go backwards, to go forwards. He's just simply saying, start where you are. And so, Holy Spirit, have your way in their lives as yielded vessels today. Start a work in their hearts, Father, that manifests itself through their giving. And while they're in that attitude of prayer today, there's someone in this room and you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, man, I want to extend the greatest invitation to you ever known to man. And that is to invite you to become a part of the family of God by receiving Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. If you've never done that today, I want to pray with and for you. Secondarily, you might say, Pastor, I'm already saved. Well, I just got away from God. I allowed myself to go back out into the world I let friends and other people just drag me back out there. But, Father, I, but, but Pastor, I heard enough today. I want to get my life back right with God. I want to repent, and I want to come back to Christ today. If that's you, I want to pray with and for you today. Thirdly, if you've never been baptized, filled with the Holy Spirit, Bible evidence of praying in other tongues, I want to pray with and for you. What a wonderful gift. You'll need that gift 
down this last stretch here before the Lord's return. Then finally, if you don't have a church home, but you believe God has led you to linked up church, my wife and I, this staff, will pray for you every single day of our lives. And every time you come in this building, our goal is to make sure that you hear the Word of God and the Word of God only. So now, while every head is bowed, every eye is closed in prayer, no one moving, no one talking, unless you've been assigned to do so.